This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome back to another episode of the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Kyle, and joining me as always is Cody and Ken. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. It is a happy Friday. I'm glad this week is coming to an end. I'm ready for the weekend. Has, has the week just been stressful or is it, you know, just a Friday and you're just ready for the weekend? Yeah. I, I threw out my shoulder and <laughs> I tried muscle relaxers for the first time this week mm. and I'm just ready for the weekend. <laughs> I am ready to week- not be at work anymore. The, the weekend's already here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I started my weekend last night yeah, a little early. Yeah. <laughs> Started Thursday night and it hasn't let up yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then my partner in crime got a second COVID vaccination. Congrats. Yes. Yay. Yeah. I'm very excited, but I am feeling the uh, effects. Yeah. <laughs> he, it, it just makes him so tired. So hmm. he needs a nap. Ooh, he needs a nap. I'm ready. I need to go sit in a comfortable chair. <laughs> Somebody's got to worry with our children for us. I, I don't know who. The kids, the kids are going to have to learn to fend for themselves this yeah. weekend. You guys are, you know, out of sorts right now. I told grandma yesterday because she comes and she gets the kids from school and has them before we get off work. I was like, Grandma, you're going to have to stay and and take care of both of us so we don't die. <laughs> <laughs> we were exhausted. We were like, the children. Somebody's got to watch the children. Eh, that's their job. Yeah. The children. The children's Think about job the children. is to watch the children. <laughs> she probably was hesitant and saying, oh, well, I don't know if I should. And you're like, for the children. And yeah. she's like, all right, that's a good point. I, I wish she was like, all right. But she's like, all right, I'm going to walk right out this door. You guys got this. <laughs> and that's what she did. She just goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> I had them long enough. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That is also their job. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how this weekend goes. But I'm glad I'm not at work anymore. <laughs> We're still at work, Cody. Well, th- this doesn't feel like work. Okay, this the podcast doesn't feel like work. This feels like a professional strategy session for <laughs> us. I just thought that was the muscle relaxer kicking in even more. You're like, it's great to be back at home. No, Cody, yeah. you're hallucinating. We're still here. We're oh my gosh, if office. I spent so much time at the office, I started to think of it as my home. Just kick me out. Maybe take me out back and shoot me too. <laughs> <laughs> that means it's time. It's time. Time to go. Put me out to pasture. Right. <laughs> This is my home now. <laughs> well, Kyle, do we have any upcoming release schedule changes? Uh, nothing really noteworthy. If you do want to see all the new release changes that have happened, you can check it out at silverscreeninsider.com. We have all the listings uh, throughout the week, but mm-hmm. nothing really noteworthy. No real big uh, movies that had a release change or any new big movies that got announced. So I, we, we are smooth sailing. Just no bad news to report on the release calendar. What? Yeah, it's what? weird. Things are not moving? No. What is this? No. Oh, uh, huh? I, mean, I know. It, it is shocked. Friday. It is Friday. We've had bad luck before, but I don't know. It's no, just... there was no terrible Thursday night announcements? No. Well, as soon as we get off this podcast, knock on wood, <laughs> nothing yeah. happens. That's That's been the uh, the quote of the show is, at this point, is, knock on wood. Is this going to mean that things are coming back to normal a little bit? Oh, God, Cody, why would you say that? I know, I know. Every week. (laughs) Every week. Is that what this means? (laughs) I hope so. I'll just be uh, optimistic, but you never know in this industry. Me too. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. Well, this feels weird. Moving on. No really (laughs) scheduled changes. Nothing. Nobody on my shit list. Nothing to 
report there. Doesn't Nobody seem like it. Nobody made a mistake this week. Um, but I'm sure there's probably so much dramatic stuff when it comes to the SVOG uh, mm-hmm. grant, and I'm sure there's a lot of drama that we have to discuss, like usual. Yeah. No. No? The, nobody's gotten any money, and I don't think any applications have really been processed. Okay. So if you haven't gotten money, no one else has either, so that's okay. <laughs> we're all on the same page We now. did hear a, a little update that we're hoping that the, the companies that suffered the 90% loss in that first tier applicants they hopefully will hear back about their applications whether they've been approved or not by the end of the month and hopefully we'll receive money about around that time as well the tier two applicants the people that suffered 75 percent or more loss um they will be they will hear something 14 days later so think middle of june for them so oh okay we're getting close. I mean, next week is yeah. the 21st. Then the, so in two weeks, hopefully you'll, you'll hear something, at least if you got your application approved, let alone get some money in the next couple weeks. And then, uh, for everybody else, it might be, uh, four weeks. And then for the bulk of the other applicants, it might be six weeks out. So we might be coming into that SVOG uh, money soon, but it won't, it's not this week. It would, obviously uh, being Friday probably won't be next week. Which, yeah, that checks out. I mean, I'm still a bit shocked to hear of these four-week and six-week numbers that you're describing. I thought it'd be a lot uh, longer than that, but we'll take it. Right. Well, in my gut, I feel like that I'm still being optimistic saying these numbers. It is the government, after all. We all know how this has gone. Right, 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 right. This legislation that was passed in December, and now we're in May. I mean, it... (laughs) (laughs) Just add add whatever extra couple weeks on there that you feel comfortable being for a conservative measurement of time sure, <laughs> when sure. it comes to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess light at the end of the tunnel? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, we have that silver lining to look forward to, and we had right. some releases, you know, last week and in the coming weeks as well. It, yep. You know, op- optimistic. Yeah. It all, it's all hunky-dory right now. I feel I'm pretty optimistic. Uh, as far as... Any booking strategies? Uh, it's playing the movies that are coming out now. What does that mean? I know. Weird. It is booking <laughs> major studio releases from the major companies as they come out. You mean like the old titles, right? No. New no. titles. The new titles? New titles, Kyle. That's, that's a thing? <gasps> yes. I actually get to think about what terms I'm going to get. Yeah. Like, hmm. New movies. New movies. <laughs> How many weeks is this going to last? Yeah. No, it's just kind of getting back more into that routine. I can actually, knock on wood, plan six weeks out now and target films a, on the break. A month ago, we say, no, Cody, don't say that no. out loud. Yeah. Don't go more than two weeks. <laughs> right. Everything could change. It's been it's been good so far. It's It's gone, it's gone better. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's gone sure. better. So um, I think we're... We're turning a corner here. We'll hopefully in the next month get even more product. We'll get SVOG money. We'll be into summer. Kids will be out of school. It's a, a new dawn. It's, it's it's weird how this year went so slow and so quickly at the same time. Like May is halfway right. done at this point. I thought I was hoping that our industry would bounce back before the mask mandates would be gone. But sure. it's fine. It's coinciding all at the same time. I mean... It'll be pretty good. And by the time you get that SVOG money, there won't the CDC is not requiring masks. If you've got your COVID vaccinations, 
maskless entertainment. Oh my gosh. What a weird future that could be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it still might be a, even if the CDC is saying all this stuff, um, there might still have to be like a waiting period. Maybe, but I accidentally went to the chiropractor today without a mask because I was <laughs> so boogered up and and on my muscle relaxer. You wouldn't have spread anything anyway. And I was like, oh no, my mask. And my ride just drove away <laughs> to go get me coffee, right. but drove away. And I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? Hold your and there was a, yeah, and there was a beautiful sign on the door that said they weren't requiring it. And I was like, mm, okay. oh, oh, it's all coming together. We are moving on. <laughs> It's weird. Yeah, it's weird to think of. I mean, it just depends on your local areas and what your local governments are right. doing or not going to do. But it's it's going to be all sorts of weird and interesting my, to see how it all comes together. I had my first maskless encounter. I went to the chiropractor maskless, and it was weird at first. I felt a little naky. I was mm-hmm. like, something's missing. Something's missing. But it was good. It was good. Not, I, it was freeing. I felt like freedom. <laughs> You can look at my teeth. I've just brushed them. <laughs> okay. It was early this morning. You can see my smile, not what just within right my now? eyes. I think I missed a step here. <laughs> it's the muscle relaxer talking. <laughs> Ken's not helping either. No, I got nothing. He's I got nothing for you. just a blob over there. If Ken doesn't have any <sighs> witty puns or any movie quotes, you know something's wrong. I know. I know. I'm dying. <laughs> but in a good way, I yes. guess. <laughs> so... You watched the dry screener that I is did, coming yeah. out next week. I thought Ken did too. He both did, right, Ken? but I don't know about yeah. Ken's yes. recollection of it. So <laughs> Kyle, what were your thoughts on the dry screener? Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's a, it's based on a book of the same name, I believe. Um, it takes place in kind of the West of Australia. Um, and it's a federal agent coming back to his hometown um, where he's not welcomed in the first place after an incident that happened to him when he was a teen. Um, and he's paying his respects to a friend of his who it looks like on the surface that um, he went crazy and killed his family and killed himself. But uh, he slowly starts to piece together that things aren't as they seem and there might be a larger um, scheme in the wake of his friend's death. And so while he's solving that mystery, he's also kind of trying to um, – go back and relive the traumas they had to face when he was a teen and when the town ridiculed him for a crime that he may or may not have committed. But I don't he's think. addressing the ghosts of his past. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I really enjoyed it because it was able to balance those two mysteries well, while also having a um, protagonist that, you know, is is kind of underplayed, but in a good way. And I think it's played really well by Eric Bana, who I haven't seen him in a movie in quite a while, but he is just reminds me how good of an actor he is. And this movie just really gave me vibes of like a mystery movie set in like, you know, a modern Western type of film, almost in the vein of like a, a Wind River or Hell or High Water. I don't know if people remember those movies from a couple of years back, but it just kind of reminded me of that in sorts of ways. So... Um, yeah, I thought this was a really good mystery movie and it, um, was just, I don't know, it felt a little bit different. I think it was because of how Eric Bana played the character. It was a bit different from other mysteries I've seen. what do you think, Ken? It was a good R-rated whodunit detective movie. Yeah. It was very well written. It was very well, um. Conceived, maybe? Conceived, yeah. I mean, all of the, the filmmaking was great. 
Eric Bana was excellent. Yeah. You forget how good he is. We keep saying that every time we talk about this movie. It's like, <laughs> he's like a real actor. He, he, <laughs> he plays dra- drama really well. <laughs> yeah. Remember? <laughs> yeah. And it was, was we talked about it when we got this screener. Like, what's the last Eric Bana movie you saw? And my mind went to Star Trek, the original remake with Chris Pine, <laughs> yeah. and and, and or and the Hulk and, movie. Kyle and I went to Incredible Hulk. Yeah, right. <laughs> Those are the only two references I could make. And then we said that to Kyle, and Kyle's like, "He was in Star Trek." And I like saw that movie not that long ago, <laughs> and I had no idea he had had a small role in that. It I wasn't a small role. Was. He, he was the, the antagonist. Yeah, what? he was the bad guy. No, he, he was, wasn't. He was the, main bad guy he's the romulan guy on the mining ship that blew up vulcan that's some good makeup <laughs> yeah, yeah. I somebody deserved an award for that <laughs> yeah give him the oscar holy cow i never knew yeah. i never knew that's amazing he's too good he's too good of an nero actor. i think his name is nero yeah i have no idea but this was yeah. the best i of... really like that star trek i'm thinking of a different character this then. movie was the best of the ifc crop we've seen in a long time yeah it was really great yeah no ifc has got interesting films they're a smaller distributor um and i think the last one that kind of hit for us commercially was um spirit what was that the sp- uh, spirited oh. away no no <laughs> spirited away Blythe spirit no Blythe spirit Blythe spirit thank you Kyle nailed it literally what i said That's you said black spirit no. no oh did you say Blythe spirit yeah Blythe the Blythe spirit yeah it's a weird word hard it to is. pronounce it is <laughs> hard to get out garbly gook <laughs> but anyway that was the most commercial one that was like yeah. from what a few months ago or something yeah and that was well knee deep in the pandemic and it yeah. people did come out for that one that was a good one um yeah so this one i'm hoping that it draws crowds out it is rated r amongst a sea of rate of r films right now right rate of r rate of r <laughs> black, black spirit what art art aardvark <laughs> I'm oh, glad boy. I'm contributing today. Thank you. Muscle relaxers, You're so huh? supportive of this <laughs> podcast. So professional. Oh, my God. No, I do hope this one plays well because IFC, like you said, IFC kind of mm-hmm. has some out there titles, even though they are good movies. Like, they're just probably not for everyone. Not but... commercial, not general audience. But this one seemed like a like a solid film. Uh, I just, it's just sucks that it's the R rating when we have so many on the market right now. Yeah, but like at least so many. At least to me, it felt like this one could break through. Break through. I mean, not on like a large commercial uh, sort of way, but at least in a way that is like, hey, out of all of these R titles in the movies, like this is one of the better ones easily. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be the most promoted, but it's it's the best of what we have outside of Wrath of Man spiral yeah. those who wish me dead yeah. like outside of the big three big four this well, is it kyle how you went and saw wrath of man i did at your local movie theater yeah it reopened um they did it, not it sneakily and quietly reopened Co- cody that may have been your best transition since i started doing this <laughs> i was can. setting it up and then you're like boom out <laughs> out in right field Power it's gone <laughs> <laughs> i know i was like i'm gonna see if i can do this and sure enough you hit it out of the park Thank I, you. When you guys are the most out of it, that's when you guys really just mesh so well Come together. together. I know when we drink during podcasts and, yeah. and, and when I'm completely out of it. Does that yeah. mean anything? No. 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 We're just great communicators. 
<laughs> we're operating on the same level right now. Normally, Cody's running at a thousand degrees, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'm here. <laughs> I've I've seen it many times where it flip flops too. You know, it just it's always an adventure. Coming in hot, folks. I never uh, know what to expect here. Speaking of coming in hot, Kyle saw the hot new release, Wrath of Man, at his theater. How was the theatrical experience? Um, good. It was good to be back. I was. I was a bit bummed that they didn't fix um, anything in the theater. Not really. Like sound quality picture. was still pretty poor. The picture quality was still Old pretty seats. poor. They even had a urinal that didn't work. It just <laughs> reopened and what? it was taped off. Like you guys had months. What do you do? And this is this is a chain also, right. by the way. This isn't a local it, theater. That it's a regal. To I'm going to throw them under the bus. It's we, a we've regal done it before. theater. I, couldn't requ- I think we've done it yeah. before to them. I was going to be a little more sullen. No. Like, it rhymes it rhyme- with Smeagol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it smelled like a beagle? Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I think like the funniest part was seeing the uh, new hires that they have because th- you know, they're having a hard time working this technology. They don't know, you know how to talk to people they're in high school so they're like hello sir welcome to the movies and they're trying to be polite but they don't know quite how to talk face to face with someone all that well so i was like "Eh, they're they're trying their best like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fault them too much it was like literally their first day so that gave me a laugh anyway no i'm pretty sure that at our theater and this may have happened to anybody else locally at theirs that they the pandemic hit and they just shut the door and locked it. They yeah. never went back in there. They didn't clean anything up. We never we drove by. There were faded posters from last year still in the poster cases for the longest time. I, I mean, crumpled, that. stained, faded posters. Posters facing south that were yeah. just getting cooked by the sun inside <laughs> so of their display fun. cases. <laughs> Yeah, it just was so... Robert Pattinson had a suntan. It was crazy. <laughs> For the first time <laughs> For ever. ever. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Yeah, so I'm not surprised that there was a broken urinal and broken seats and i was I mean, too those wishful have that we have the same seats in our theater that we've had for 15 years yeah that no operator that has operated that theater has ever updated the seats no. i mean no. this is the problem with the movie going experience like consumers demand and expect more than what they're getting and yeah. yet it was probably like nine ten bucks to go and now after a year of not going to the theaters and then remembering probably the not so good experiences over the right. good ones like it's no wonder why sometimes theaters are having a hard time bringing people back it's because you're yeah. not convincing them that anything's changed well this was a major chain this is a major Exa- yeah this is number two and this is the program they're putting out there I mean, it enables anybody local, any independent guy to really kick butt on it and really showcase and, you know, put on, manage a theater really well. It gives them the opportunity to do that. But just overall, it how many more people go to one of these bigger theaters and this is the experience they're having? No wonder they're kind of being driven to streaming a little bit. Like, it's very yeah. disappointing when you have these toxic turds of these theaters around yeah, and I mean, I still was able to have a good time watching my movie, but still, as I was coming out there, I was thinking more about how it was a shame that they didn't make these changes or do any fixes over my experience with the movie. Yeah. Imagine someone else who's, you know, the more, uh, who's, you know, not going to theaters as often as I am and 
right them coming out with the same experience well i kind of liken it to real estate where you have your open house and you're trying to put your best foot forward but the people haven't picked up their laundry or <laughs> you know it just it, you go back yeah. feeling like mm, no matter how nice the house is on paper it's it's not the experience i want right. and and that's kind of what I think our theater did locally here, which definitely is a bummer. No, we know so many independent operators that took this time to repaint, reseat, yeah. fix seats. Mm-hmm. I mean, the small things. Yeah. You don't have to completely tear out your auditorium, but mm-hmm. maybe it's time to do that maintenance that you've had to push aside. We had so replace many. Replace a urinal that's yeah. not working. <laughs> we had so many people do that. We had people take the opportunity to finally get the luxury seats in because they mm-hmm. couldn't get them in before. And they finally added them that we thought this was more commonplace because it was so happening so often in our circuit with our independence that it just assumed that all theaters took the opportunity. And then you go to our one that's supposed to be operated by a real and it's like they did nothing. And it was it was like, oh, this is so sad because a lot of people did take the time to do something and they're just going to shine. They're going to outshine these these big guys on this yep and all of you that took advantage of our um unexpected time off you know <laughs> kudos to you for for putting in the right. work oh, when yeah. when it wasn't required no. it wasn't something that was out there i mean we told you to to do it right but you know if you actually did it if you put in the hours when there wasn't going to be any financial benefit to you that yep. day that week that month you know now I is time to reap those benefits mm-hmm. because there are anxious moviegoers coming back to the theater but they're they've had a year off and it they've get that time has given them some perspective and they're just not going to waste their time on poorly run locations like yeah totally their time or money yeah so it gives everybody that survives this and reinvested in their theater and and put the time and energy and love into it that will outshine all these other toxic locations and those will be the ones that survive that that'll be the one the community flocks to for sure couldn't have said it better myself so how was the besides the (laughs) bad experience how was the movie may have gotten slightly off topic yeah how how, that needed to be addressed yeah (laughs) we're going back we're we're not gonna candy coat the experience if it was bad um anyway my experience for wrath of man uh it was kind of a it was weird. It was a tale of two halves for me uh, when it came to this movie. Um, so basically the movie, to have like a quick summary of it, it's about Jason Statham's character being hired to be a security guard for like an armored truck company that delivers, you know, money to the corporations or banks and uh, places like that. And at first he seems, I mean, even though it's Jason Statham, he still is, seems like, you know, just an average guy just there on the job trying to, make ends meet and he has just enough of the qualities to be able to do the job but average badass handsome man exactly you know the average joe if you right but stunningly beautiful (laughs) yeah okay but but, uh slowly over time the crew starts to notice that uh things aren't quite what it seems when it comes to him and it turns out it's that deadly sexual energy he puts off oh absolutely they were picking up on it they okay. were totally picking up okay. on it i'm liking but, this movie so far <laughs> and for the audience we slowly come to find out that it it's right like he's not who he seems to be and it turns out he's on a mission to uh avenge his son's death because he thinks someone within um this armored truck business had something to do with his son's death and um 
that explanation pretty much centers around an event that happens that his son is accidentally a part of. And throughout the movie, we see this event from three different perspectives, which I really like that the director guy, Richie, like was playing with timelines a bit differently throughout this movie and was able to see this really cool action sequences from like three different perspectives really well. So I thought that was really interesting and just really cool to see. But the first half of the movie has a really good setup, has really good action, has a really good mystery that you're all in on and you're all in with uh, Jason Statham's character. But then the second half, it switches um, to showing a different perspective of uh, the group of men who are in charge of uh, or who caused this event that I'm talking about. And it's where it starts to lose me because not only does it switch from us watching Statham's character keep going and unraveling the mystery himself, but by switching the perspective over to someone else, it just causes the mystery to unfold too quickly and not in a very satisfying way to where it led to a very anticlimactic ending for me. So the first half is great and solid and a good time, but the second half really just, I don't know, it just falls flat for some reason. It almost feels Mm -hmm. in a weird way when it comes to like how the story plays out, it just feels like two different movies, not like visually, but just in terms of how the story plays itself out. So I'm going to ask you some spoilery questions right now. Okay. Because it is off the break and it is out. So it's been out. Yeah. It's been out for like a week now. Yeah. So, um, what happens to his son? He, he dies, but is Jason Statham, um, is it due to his actions or were people out to get him? Was his son meant to be there? Is it purely an accident? Uh, his son wasn't supposed to be there. So Statham's character is a mob boss and they're trying to come up with a plan to hijack um, this armored truck. But it turns out that before they're able to do anything, he uh, or this other group of guys um hijacks the truck first Mm -hmm. and you know one of the guys is just much crazier than the other ones and he just you know shoots at the guards even though the guards were defenseless and he ends up shooting his son just at point blank because his son um got caught up at the event where the guys hijacked the truck so it, it was partially statham's fault but also the guy just point blank just shot him his son dead and also shot statham's character in the process and he has to recover from that as well so so when he goes through the armored truck thing does he find the crazy guy and get him is there justice is it served oh yeah the justice is served and it makes for a good ending it it, it just again it's just anticlimactic because does the crazy guy know statham's coming for him no they don't they have no idea who each other is and the only way for him to find out like who killed his son is through this armored truck business because he believes that someone working within that business was a part of that the, group of guys attacking yeah. him. He has four fingers on his left hand. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> is it really? Well, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a face thing. Kidding. He recognizes the uh, a face because of a scar or something. But it's, it's essentially that, yes. <laughs> Holy shit, I was kidding. <laughs> it was the one-armed man. <laughs> It was the one-armed man who pulled the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Okay. Good guess. Good guess. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, um, Guy Ritchie went uh, full Tarantino with this one and different timelines and character per- point of views. Oh, and... yeah. Like, it definitely – it felt like Guy Ritchie and it also didn't feel like Guy Ritchie. Um, He's usually pretty straightforward with his films. 
Like you, the yeah. characters wear their emotions on their sleeves and they're very gritty and there's not a lot of um, foreshadowing or nuance. It's yeah. usually like straightforward like yeah. you're in the action. Meanwhile, this one was a lot more, I guess, subtle, at least in the first half, more subtle in the storytelling and more and more had um oh what's the word that i'm trying to say it it had it had a mystery to it and it wasn't being totally heightened at all um as compared to other richie movies to where the the story itself is definitely like heightened quite a bit but i don't know this felt more i guess grounded i guess would be the right term yeah. to use while richie movies you they're heightened in story even though they have some grounded um plots to them if you know what i mean so but they uh released it in theaters with the window so we give it a 12 out of 10 yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> go see it i, I think more take people, your friends i yeah. think more people will justice find it. is served his smoldering <laughs> good looks why would you not want to go see this action packed he knows how to pull a trigger i'm shaving yeah. my head after this <laughs> just just hoping for a chance at the title <laughs> i definitely do think that people will like this more than i did and they'll be fine with how the second half plays out although like it does ruin the pacing of the movies so people might not like it all that much because of that but i think they'll still like it for statham they'll still like it for the action because there is some good action stuff which is funny richie is pretty hit or miss for me when it comes to his action but um, it, it really works this time. And I think it, it's because the action is more grounded and um, kind of remind me of, in a way of the action in Tenet or even in Widows. I don't know if you guys remember Widows from a few years back, but kind no. of in the vein of that, but yeah. with Guy Ritchie as the director, which I thought was pretty cool. Nice. Speaking of pretty cool, <laughs> Disney is talking about windowing some films. Yeah. That's wild. So go see Wrath of Man and um and then when you get to Shane Chi and Free Guy, we're gonna get forty five day windows, people. It's gonna be awesome. That's For, pretty great. Forty five? I know. Cinemark hasn't completely screwed us yet, so yeah, I was going to say every for everyone but Cinemark, right? Right. <laughs> Cinemark, Cinemark, Cinemark has to play it uh, 21 days before it goes to VOD. Yeah. Cinemark's <laughs> like, wait. well, what about the 30 days? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> sure, yeah. idiots. No, it's going to work. I'm hoping that if Cinemark the studios... <laughs> I, I'm hoping that they... What's happening is when the studios know that it needs to be in the market longer, they're going to go this 45 days. When they think that they are quick burns, they're going to go the 21 days. And we're just going to have to judge a film based upon how quick the burn is. And I think there's going to be some flexibility with that. So are we going to get a standard 45 days? No. Are we going to get a standard 21 days? No. We're going to get this flexible range of in between. So that's good news because the Paramount is doing the 45 days. Disney's come out and said that a few of their films will be the 45 days. And I think we're just really in this experimental phase of finding what the sweet spot is. Right. Because a one-size-fits-all policy is not going to work for all these films. And I shouldn't get so frustrated with things like Cinemark and the and the win, in the windows and stuff because it is fluid at this moment. Nothing's been set in stone. And we gotta, I got to remember that myself. It's just frustrating when to know that those major um, theater chains are not on your side. Even though we're all in the same business, even though we're all theaters... They're not really on those corporate entities are are selfish and out for their shareholders and they're not on the side of our industry and <sighs> and the Disney 
the most they successful out of the film companies in the last decade was willing to go 45 days yeah. from 90 days. 17 days, Universal <laughs> Cinema. <Right. laughs> 21 days. Like They were willing to cut it in half. They yeah. were willing to go to 45. How many of us did a double take when we right. read that headline? Disney, 45 days. What? What? <laughs> really? I was okay. like, great. thank you for even having a window because up until this point, there's been no window if, from if Disney. If Disney said yeah. seven so, days, I would have been bumped. <laughs> something. <laughs> I'd be like, just, finally. My concern with Disney is still the number of films that fall in this category. Right. I knew that they were going to have a window. They have big properties that they want to protect. You're never going to see an Avengers Endgame again. They're, that is the high watermark now for our industry. You probably will never see that again. But they know that, and they know that they have more of those films in the pipeline. What, how are they going to maintain that superiority? And they are going to go 45-day windows. And not all films are going to follow this, but are we going to get six films a year from Disney at 45-day windows, or are we going to get a dozen? I'm leaning towards we may get six. And, you know, that might be one every other month. Mm. Can we survive theatrically in the industry can the theater survive on one big franchise every other month it depends on what the other studios do and it depends on how diverse the theater gets with what it does because there's going to be downtime now there i mean you're going to be okay this next year because the pent-up number of releases but i think in two or three years when the, everything kind of settles out, the windows have been established, reestablished again. The sweet spot is found. You're just not going to see as many going. You're going to see a lot more direct to streaming and very few theatricals. And so you got to plan and diversify your screens for that. Well, I mean, even before Disney announced the windowing for Shang Chi and Free Guy, they said before that Jungle Cruise will be day and date on yeah. Disney Plus Premium, and they haven't said anything about you know stuff like Eternals or even some of their Fox stuff or Marvel stuff. Right. Or... They are they are still just taking it two to three pictures at a time. Yeah. yeah. And I know Marvel had their sizzle reel, see you at the movies, but I... Apparently not at Black Widow because that's going to be on Disney+. <laughs> yeah. Plus. What about, what about Black Widow? What about Black Widow? I mean, they could have <laughs> given Black Widow a 45-day window at this point, too. I, they could have. They could have gone back to it. It what was the what was the risk what was the harm right in giving it even a two-week window a 17-day window like what was yeah. the what was the harm? why not give black window the 21-day window mm -hmm. and then for a property like shane chi that we are unfamiliar with give mm -hmm. it a longer window to establish the audience for it and then put it on disney plus and you have to if you have to look at these three that they shang chi free guy and jungle black Cruise. widow and jungle cruise of four yeah. I mean, the one that is the most commercial of these three as far as star power is Jungle Cruise. Yeah. And then it's followed by Free Guy. I mean, Scarlett Johansson and Marvel has, it's been a while. It's yep. been a minute since they've done anything. I would even throw, I would look at past Cruella because that was still pandemic times. Not all the theaters were open, but by, by the time after Cruella opens, I would have looked at that whole slate and they took Luca Extru exclusive to streaming so yeah. th that was extremely commercial that we saw that through the pandemic crudes had done extraordinary business because it was pent-up families that wanted to get out of the house and knowing that knowing that they still put luca 
on Disney Plus for streaming. We so even, we even saw a small bump up um, in terms of revenue for Raya this past uh, Mother's Day yeah, weekend because people wanted to get out of the house and they didn't want to take mom to wrath a man. Yeah. I don't know why mom wouldn't definitely enjoy that action movie, but she would have enjoyed Jason Satham. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just why I like a lot of moms like Aquaman. <laughs> Just trying to be subtle about it. Yeah. <laughs> All bets are off. Ken. Come on. I don't know. I don't know if I should grow my hair out past my shoulders or shave it off. I'm so confused. He has a right razor now. in his hand. He's saying, what do I do? I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting ready to do some like Samoan tattoos. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'll start talking like this. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was good. I thought that was pretty good, actually. Almost. Almost there. I can't decide either. <laughs> so, anyways, but anyway, what were we saying? For, so, Luca, which had been the most commercial, yet fits the most in the Disney Plus brand. I can see. I, I wonder if they just are still trying to decide what this Disney Plus brand is. Obviously, a free guy probably is too mature and out there for the Disney Plus brand. But you're. But then they Shane Chi. Maybe that is a little too hardcore. Maybe it's something to do with can they get feel like they can get away with it within the Disney Plus branding. Jungle Cruise, so family friendly, psh, right there on Disney Plus. So just Black Widow though with the Marvel, that kind somehow that fits more because it maybe it's the superhero aspect. But Shane Chi's the same thing. So I, I I don't know what their rhyme or reason is on any of this. It's it's similar to how we've had conversations about. Uh, Disney possibly not knowing how to brand uh, Fox titles. Yeah. It, it's almost the same thing that frustrates me so much. Like, it's not – it can't be that difficult to figure out, you know? Like, it can't be that difficult to, you know – yes, everything's under the Disney umbrella, but here's a block for certain people who like this stuff. Here's a block for certain people who want these types of shows, kids shows or whatever. Fine, whatever. Here's this block for – you know, theatrical titles for all audiences to be able to go see Marvel, Pixar. It, it can't be that difficult. I, I will never understand there's so, this. There's something about their branding internally that it, because they've always steered to fam, the family friendly stuff. It's when they've experimented outside of that that they had a few duds and got in trouble. And so it could just be creatively and um on the executive level where the executives who and the producers who saw these through it might be on the on them up to them too maybe they got oh probably you know there's a whole back end element that we miss out here on the exhibition side that yeah. we're not privy to so maybe the producers for Shane Chi were willing to throw it out there to theaters, and then the producers for Black Widow were like, "No, we're keeping it in house." And it's you just never know because producers do get a lot more say than you realize in the print counts and the print yeah. plans and some of that marketing and stuff. So there's so yeah, I mean. You're right. Like I wish there's... there was more transparency, and I wish there was more of a standard. I wish we could look at a release schedule, and just kind of be able to anticipate what's going to be a exclusive theatrical film and what's not. And 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 I don't think the studios know what works. We don't know, so nobody can anticipate this, and that's the most frustrating part. Totally. Yeah. But at least good news, we got two. We got two Disney films. Yes. Theater exclusive, 45 days, and 
they look great. I'm super excited about Free Guy and and I even thought Shane Chi. I was kind of over the whole superhero genre. Sure. Yeah. I feel like it was really played out. I have no interest or care for the next generation of superheroes but this one actually intrigued me i did get like i have no interest in eternals at all i just gotta be candid about that like that until they offer a window then amazing yes. yeah if they <laughs> offer of course, i've always been on board if it's i love a, the eternals if it's exclusive window i will be more interested but if it's not it's just i don't know i'll put a spotlight of hope i feel like eternals will be exclusive yeah. I think with everything, I don't know. By, if, by Thanksgiving, because I think Eternals is a Thanksgiving title. Yeah, around November. But I think yeah. between that and Disney seems to be having some difficulties with China when it comes to having Eternals be in their theaters because of uh, comments about China that director Chloe Zhao has made towards them. I right. wouldn't be shocked at all if you know they miss out on releasing that movie in the Chinese market, but because of that they'll be like okay we really do need revenue of some kind and it has right. to be probably has to be done in theaters over um disney plus hmm. that'll be interesting yeah well that's i could be wrong but right. that's that's no, my it makes, reason anyway, it makes a lot of sense it it'll just i just i wish we could anticipate a little bit better you know plan for I it more too. and yeah and not have exhibitors see it a Disney or a universal title or whatever on the release schedule and be like, Oh, this will be so good for business. And then find out it's day and date streaming. I mean, that just, that's such a blow and there's no way they yet to account for that. Like what do I staff up Mm -hmm. for this? Nor historically, I probably would have staffed up for this film, but does, does the availability on streaming hurt me enough that I staff up? Do I not staff up? Do I, do I give it extra show times? I mean, there's a whole operational thing that can really screw up your bottom line if we can't properly anticipate this stuff. And we're just going to have to go through this experimental phase. And that sucks because nobody has capital to experiment with right now. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, while we are not able to guess as much as we would like to when it comes to how things are being released, once things are confirmed on how they're released, we always have... Um, those release right. types available at silverscreeninsider.com. We always are making sure that release types for upcoming films are up to date and are accurate. So just keep checking on that mm-hmm. website because you never know if, you know, someone else pulls a move like Luca and it's suddenly uh, streaming only instead of a right. wide release. Right. We do try to put that stuff in there. We'll, we definitely designate when it's day and date streaming. Yes. So we'll say D and D for day and date yep. streaming. And I think that's extremely helpful because this stuff, uh, the marketing is starting to get confusing in theaters. And, well, when is it on Disney Plus? When is it on HBO Max? You know? Yeah, they all have different rules. And, yeah. Yeah. So we tr- we're we trying to accommodate that with a new release pattern type designation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we figure it out, we'll we'll really button up those designations even more. But this is still experimental for us, too. Totally. So, all right. Well, um, while you're at the theater, there's a bunch of new trailers that came out this week that have been really exciting that everybody should be programming on their screens. Yeah. I love seeing more and more trailers coming out each week. So I love how you put my favorite one at the top, Venom 2. I was actually super excited for this trailer. Venom. Let There Be Carnage. Yeah. Still a great title. <laughs> let There Be Carnage. Venom 2, get out of here. Ven- well, that's what he wrote, and I know that it's Just let- shorthand. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, but it's really Venom 2. And 
and we still see that really fun dynamic relationship between Tom Hardy's character and the Venom character symbiote character. And that is definitely the best part and the funniest part of the trailer. The carnage part, Woody Harrelson's carnage symbiote is scary. I think it looks scary. I was like, this is, this is more intense. This isn't that campy. This is like intense action. He will eat you like really tear you apart and eat you. This I, is, this is a lot as much horror as I can t- take. Cody keeps saying the word campy when she describes venom? the original venom and Kyle and I couldn't uh, disagree more. I wish <laughs> it's, I it's wish Eric not, was here. It's not campy. It's, it was completely accidental, and people just rolled with it as campy. It's okay. abs- It was never meant to be campy. It was just well, campy completely is not by done accident. on purpose. Campy is yes, it is seriously. At times, it's done on purpose. At times, it's I think then of that's it in, spoof. I think so that's it, not campy. I think of it in the same way as the Hitman's Bodyguard, where <laughs> I feel like that first movie was action first and then comedy second, but the comedy rose above uh, the action so much that that's why like we are seeing. Hitman's body, Bodyguard's Wife 2 or whatever it's called that, now. That trailer it's had a gearing up the yeah. comedy even more than before. I should say that the trailer for that, um, the Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife, uh, had the first trailer that came out. looks so good. I mean, it was just so fun with mm-hmm. the Ryan Reynolds and him putting on the headphones trying to relax and her, you know, coming in on the beach yeah. and stuff. They released another trailer and it was like, the B-roll it footage. It, it, it was like it took. Good. I thought so too. Yeah, it wasn't as good. They took this like three seconds after the the scene, all the scenes in the first trailer, and it just ruined it a little bit for me. It I was did. like, oh, I don't think it was. Why did they do that? They had a perfectly good first trailer. They could have just run with that. Honestly, they could have stuck with it. Yeah, because it's what coming out one. next month. I think they yeah. would have been fine for a while with that. That yeah. trailer was so good, and I then so they too. did another one that was bad. Yeah, that one was tough. So if you are programming trailers, just stick with the first one. The second trailer is awful. Yeah. Just don't do not do that to your audiences. And and you should play the Venom 2 trailer, even yep. though I I was not a fan, but <laughs> Cody was. I was. I was very much a fan. <laughs> yeah. And there's going to be way more people that are more like Cody than me where they yeah. like it more than I, I did. Because it so. was fun. It w- looked fun. It made me laugh. And then I got all like... <gasps> Creeped out, so, so and... creeped out, and yeah, yeah. I liked it. Fair yeah, enough. That, that was the fun trailer we had. The rest were Ooh. downers, know, serious, <laughs> a little more downers, serious. yeah, yeah, more downer. But so we need counter programming. We do. So at Fourth Fourth of July weekend, we get the Forever Purge. Perfect. And I finally saw a trailer about it, and Kyle's right when he described it. He's like, it's like Purge meets Western. Yeah, that's. That's definitely the vibe that I got, and I think they're trying to make that very evident. Um, but it switches up, look, it switches things up for uh, the types of movies that they are. It's not in a big city anymore. It's not in, you know, a government facility or anything. It's, you know, out in the West. It's not about so much about politics. It really is about survival, survival, yeah. vigilantes, you know, riding horses, torturing wah, people to death. Wah, wah. It really is the good, <laughs> the bad, and the ugly. Of the Purge universe. That I still have not watched a single one of. I've never seen it. I thought this trailer actually was pretty good, unlike the other ones I've seen before. At least it looked different. That I mean the other ones all look the same, except for the I think the genius marketing for the election year one where they had you know, right. they tied that in really well. I like how they're taking a different direction with this. I do too. And that's definitely what you need to. Like 
the premise can still be the same, but you gotta flip the script um, when it comes to like the aesthetic somehow. Yeah, and I and this one did a good job. And the costuming for the scary bad guys are, I think, some of the best I've seen out of the Purge trailers. Oh yeah, I thought so too. Still plenty of purginess, and that's what we need. If you're gonna release a <laughs> yeah. Purge movie, make it purgy. Purgy, purgy, purginess. There we go. <laughs> that's then right. Lionsgate was it Lionsgate that put out the protege? Yes, I believe so. What was the um, original title? Because this is new. This is a change. The Asset. The Asset. Thank you, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> so I, when it was The Asset, I had no idea that what it was about. I would have guessed an assassin movie. But um, now that it's the protege that with the trailer. That would have been a Because yeah. <laughs> it is an assassin Deep movie. Deep thinking an right here. An assassin movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's it, back, folks. <laughs> it looks good. So, Kyle, tell us about the protege. What What's the premise the of that? The protege could have been named the assassin's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> it could have. That would have probably been a much better title. You're not wrong. No. Starring not... Kim Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's where they messed up. They didn't get the right lead. <laughs> from what I got from the trailer, it seems like... Um, an assassin is seeking revenge for the death of her mentor, um, mentor her assassin mentor played by, uh, was it Samuel Jackson? Yeah. I'm trying to remember the trailer now. It was Thank Samuel you. Jackson. Yeah. And I guess she thinks that Michael Keaton might be the one responsible right. uh, for his murder, which so you, is awesome. So Anytime you don't know if you get Michael Keaton, I'm on board. Yeah. You don't know if Michael Keaton's the bad guy or if he also is like out Helping for revenge and having yeah. revenge. And yeah. then who is the main assassin played by? Oh, geez. Uh, let me look it up here because I don't remember. I don't really remember much of this trailer. I remember liking it. I don't know, y'all. Uh-oh, that's not a good sign for a trailer if we oh, don't remember it. It was Maggie Q. Yeah. That's what it was. So I have to admit, I really like Maggie Q. I think she looked badass in this trailer, like tough. Right. And I like seeing um, a, a person of color, like female lead. That's all awesome. But she totally. is like 90 pounds. Like... <laughs> suspend your disbelief a I, little cody i had a hard time with that i was like okay she's an assassin she's gonna get revenge well do there's you want... just no way that she can hold the ak-47 because her arms are like the size of a do you want <laughs> of a thimble come on do you want to do you want ronda rousey playing this or do you Kinda. want somebody that can act i know that's the problem <laughs> i can't want someone with ronda rousey's build so i can be like yeah there's some force behind that punch my rule but is... i really want her to have charisma and act so it's it's hard gal gadot can't play every <laughs> action character that's true my rule is if they look like they can beat me up i'll buy into it and i think maggie q can't beat me up <laughs> I mean, I think she's got the the speed and um, the flexibility, and can the, she got the moves? I just don't. And I know got none how, of that, so I she just, can beat me yeah. up. <laughs> I just don't know how much forcefulness, but that's fine. I will suspend disbelief for the yeah. film. It just that got me a little bit in the trailer. I'm like, really? Like you're 90 pounds, but it looks cool. Yep, definitely looks cool. Speaking of looks cool, the next yeah. one, the Green Knight, looks cool. I'm all in. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's. I get it though. It's an A twenty four title. It's Dev Patel. It's not gonna have it's an like, ending. It's great. It's not an Arthur. What, what did it's you like say? An it's Dev Patel. Didn't yeah. he win an Academy Award? Nominated. He got <laughs> yeah, you said it looks cool. Twice, by the it way. looks cool. It looks no. It's Arthurian not, legend. Like, but it not. It's like his an artsy Arthurian yeah. legend. Yeah. 
Um, I, I don't this know. Is, this isn't Emma, Cody. Like, <laughs> this isn't King Arthur starring Charlie Hunnam. Oh, don't yeah, bring that up. I get it. I get it. It's, the quality is probably there more so in the story and everything. This I isn't just... Lancelot with Richard Gere. <laughs> like, give it a shot here. Okay. Like, this okay. could be the coolest version of the one of these we've seen in a very just, long time. It's going to be super limited. It's, it's going A24. To be, yeah. It's going to be weird. Super I just, tough. Not to... commercial and not yeah. all audience. I get it. But that trailer, I'm all in. And it's funny because I remember the teaser trailer I thought was good, but for some reason it didn't suck me in. And this did, one, did we I watch flipped. I, I love it. Teaser way back before the pandemic oh, yeah. when Eric, Probably. Eric was still here. Probably. I feel like talking through a couple of these is just talking back about movies we discussed in a different time and a different context. It's so weird. Yeah. How much things have changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I remember yeah. that was one of the we that debuted and we saw that tra- that t- teaser trailer before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think this trailer just does a lot better with telling like what the story is instead of the teaser rolls like look at this thing and look at this thing. What's yeah. happening there? Something's on fire. It must yeah. be an A24 film. It's <laughs> Which yes, even in this trailer there was something on fire, but right. there's someone so there's being smoke. tortured but you can only see their eyes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you could see nothing else happening in the scene. So yes, I get it. It'll be tough. It's probably a tough watch commercially, but I'm all I'm on board. Sign me up. Well, we gotta have those for every audience. We do. You gotta get everyone. And the last one we had today was uh, Stillwater. Another tough watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, not in the vein of but it's the got, Green Knight. It's got Matt but... Damon in it. Yeah. And Matt Damon. <laughs> and he has a beard and looks a lot different with facial hair i'll say rat yeah yeah but he plays um i would say like a a conservative midwest looking father Mm. out in another country trying to save his daughter from prison yeah because she might have she may or may not have committed a crime yeah solving that but trying to save her at the same time but he's obviously like um out of his element um, a stranger in a stranger in another country navigating all the things that go with that also trying to you know find out what really happened and um it look he's got a fun accent he's got a fun a one fun accent huh that's your yeah. takeaway yeah fun <laughs> accent matt damon with what ken, what ken calls an oklahoma accent which is different from his texas accent it ford is, versus ferrari it is substantially different we okay. had a whole conversation <laughs> on accents and i excuse me thought that ken ken thought that the texas accent was the best accent i'm like aren't these the his, same thing his texas accent is way better than his oklahoma accent oh. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's it's night and day different, folks. Okay. If you like his Carol Shelby, you will not like his Oklahoman. I'll buy into it, I suppose. Huh. That wasn't what I was thinking of. But <laughs> then again, like you are from the Midwest, I suppose. So like, it's fair that you can catch that. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, I I thought all, they were all, they all sound the same. Southern accents right. to me. <laughs> what does that say Why about birth us? Of a... What does that say about us? I was us? like, you do not sound like you're from the North. For shame. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the. Movie looks pretty good. It's from an award-winning writer-director. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have too much to add on to it, but I, I think it will be a good I title like for counter-programming for yeah. older adults. I wasn't super interested in the story. I was just more like, that's Matt Damon in a weird beard. <laughs> but he's it's... pulling it off? But he's pulling it off? He's got an I saw accent? The trailer. I like, was just that... more confused by that. I saw the trailer. I was like, is that Jesse Plemons? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Forever will be tied Matt Damon and Jesse Plemons. <laughs> who so, are both great. <laughs> we thought this podcast, we would end with a fun new segment. We're going to test out. Um, we have, we don't know, have settled on a name for it yet. We're tentatively calling it theater convention confessions. But in our talks with all of our clients, we often hear the best stories about the things that happen in the theater that you think happen there or you don't know for sure, but they're always great stories. And so we thought we would try to every other week share one of these really fun stories that make us laugh from what happens behind the scenes inside the theater. Every theater has one of these. Like yeah. every movie theater has one of these or multiples of these. But there's always a a ghost, a right. a theft, a a casual encounter. There's always <laughs> something that happens that that we want to share here in our in our podcast medium. Right. It's always better than seeing you know sharing. You can't share these you know in a public space. And here we are ready to share these. Yeah, we have our first submission from Bill in North Carolina. <laughs> Shout out to Bill for sharing this. I have uh, some. Uh, Kids getting too excited. What's about to happen? Is this here? really funny? There's some pictures that he uh, sent me to describe a uh, one of these casual encounters that right. happened in one of his auditoriums. So put it in context. Several of our clients have video cameras, security cameras in the auditorium. Yeah. We even have some. They they're there for security. They're there to catch people bringing food in. They're they're just it, it's a good measure to have, and they're infrared cameras, and they can see in the dark, and they are pointed at the audience. <laughs> So you need to be aware of this as an audience member. <laughs> that there are be, cameras probably in the auditorium. To be, well, you have to assume there's cameras everywhere anytime. <laughs> but yeah. um, the pictures I'm about to show Kyle are a... Uh, Kyle has never seen this. No, I'm walking in blind and I'm so scared. So it looks yeah. like a uh, young couple here. And it's a little hard to tell because it's on an infrared camera. But it looks like they're uh, having an impromptu yoga session. Um, she's, could you tell at first I was like, what is happening so here? I could not figure uh, it out because re- my mind didn't go there. Re- reclining in her chair with <laughs> heels elevated. It must be some sort of sunrise, um, position. And, uh, the gentleman is doing, I believe this position in front of her is called bobbing for apples. Um, so, so that's nice. I mean, yeah. it's, it's great that, you know, during the trailers you can, you can stretch and exercise and be ready for for the feature film right. to start. Well, <laughs> when the feature film decides to start, uh, it looks like, um, well, the theater's in North Carolina, but she looks like she's uh, driving um, the stick shift to South Carolina, yeah. I, think, I think is what that looks like. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely some, um, they're, they're definitely enjoying the film, let's put it that right. way. Um, <laughs> So yeah, getting a whole other kind of experience. I'm sure <laughs> those of you listening have had similar experiences. To this a where casual some, encounter where in someone's the been where someone's been caught, where something's right. happened um, outside of the realm I mean, the of the- exhibiting movies. I think the theaters <laughs> are a place where a lot of people go on first dates, or second dates, or third dates. That is a successful first date. Then, <laughs> yeah. well, they went to uh, third base and then they hit a home run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was not a sports movie on screen <laughs> not watching field of dreams here it was whatever movie had zero other attendance 
<laughs> that's the movie they chose. That's, the I, frequency of that can happen more during the pandemic too. It's there, true. I'm sure, there's a lot of good audiences lot of could be trying sec- to take advantage of that. That's for sure. <laughs> I think audiences have always taken advantage of that, even pre-pandemic with full auditoriums. Oh, totally. But that's like. I'm, that's less that was less happening I'm before just, nowadays yeah, i'm just trying to figure out what the uh, cinema safe protocols are for, <laughs> for sanitizing this auditorium <laughs> you imagine like it's been a long day you have to go up to the booth and you catch that on the security monitor is your first thought like you or is your first thought like oh how do i clean that <laughs> i gotta be the one to do it like how sad is that like you have to add double the sanitizing spray right. where's my suit I'm, I'm, I'm gearing up to go in there that's the one where you say hey joe would you mind cleaning auditorium two for me tonight <laughs> yeah you find the new guy to clean it up i guess <laughs> that's the induction ceremony all right take extra gloves people oh, so on the description for the podcast kyle's gonna share um our voicemail numbers so you can send in those right call in with those submissions so we can share them here on yeah there. call in make it sort of appropriate talk like you were going to share the oh, story no, you tell us we'll church it up for you okay we'll church it up <laughs> for you anyways we want to hear your fun stories because i think that being away from the movie theaters we forgot how fun they really are and and share the lighter side yeah. of what we have to deal with we right. all have to deal with on a daily basis yeah and how magical movie theaters can be <laughs> beautiful magical places with jason statham on the screen take a ride on the magic stick (laughs) (laughs) oh geez all right uh so everyone thank you for listening to the off the break podcast you can find us on all podcast platforms and over at silverscreeninsider.com and be sure to check out that website if you're a theater owner or manager needing updated and accurate information and marketing materials from all of the upcoming movies. And if you have a theater confession, you can call us or you can email us at offthebreakpodcast at gmail.com. So if you want to email us your fun stories, your best experiences, all that, we will take any and all submissions <laughs> and we will read them. We'll read them on the podcast. Yeah, we'd love to. We will read them. <laughs> we will share. Just like these two shared, it looked yeah. like. <laughs> all right. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye.